Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Prince Matty D. Prince Matty D, I like it. We should continue that. From this episode forward, thank you, Servant Kieran. The stripe and the spot actually did belong together. Oh, did they? Yeah. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. There we go. It sounds like a Fox and the Hound reference, but I don't think no, it is. No, it is not. And if this is the first time you've ever heard one of our episodes, welcome. Welcome. What we do on this show is we look at an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster or... In this case, <laughs> Blockbuster. A, yeah, a straight to streaming. I think this is coming to Amazon Prime or something like that. Netflix, who knows? Hulu, wherever. One of those This services. is the future we're living in, people. Yeah, that's right. It's no longer coming to cinemas. It's going straight to streaming. We look at one of those upcoming movies and we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible just based on the promotional material. What little there may be. Yes, and this week we're talking about the sequel to the 1998 romantic comedy movie Coming to America. Coming to America. <laughs> what a creative name. Yeah, I know that title sounds a little bit uh, confusing, but it is coming, the number two, America. So they just called the sequel the exact same thing, but just with a, the number two instead of the word two. Yeah, they're not spelling out two, they're replacing it with a number. Yeah, exactly. What they should have called it was coming to, as in T-O-O, America, as in like me too, <laughs> just to make it even more confusing. <laughs> Or just coming to America too. Or coming back to America. And I think it's important to point out about our predictions this week is this is another one of those movies. We've only ever done this twice before. This is another one of those movies where there's no trailer. There's no promotional material. There's no poster. We've just got a little like byline description by Paramount as well, I think, uh, that just describes briefly what happens in the movie. But essentially, we've got nothing to go on. So everything that we're going to be talking about is just off the top of our heads. We basically. have a few cast. We, we yeah, got that's some, right. We've got some people that are cast. But yeah, we thought there was a trailer for this. Yeah, we I did. I thought there was. And in looking at it, there's just fan-made trailers. Yeah, there's a really bad fan-made trailer. Which are terrible. <laughs> yeah, there's a really, really bad I was bad like, is this the Fan-made trailer. No offense to that YouTuber. I'm sure it was a lot of hard work constructing that. But I was like, yeah. I was expecting a trailer for this movie. I was like, huh, what's going on here? It was just clips from the first movie and then like footage of the actors now. And some guy just talking over at the top like, in a world where there's uh, coming to America too. So really what we have to go off is our knowledge of the first movie, the cast list, and this pretty vague, pretty brief description. And some and, photos we might be and able to find. just our knowledge of comedy sequels in general. Because they only ever do like two or three things as a general rule, as a formula in comedy movie sequels. Essentially, one of the things they do is they just rehash the plot again. You just do the exact same plot over again a second time. Or... Eyes dart, eyes dart. You have children, they have children, and the children do the exact same thing again, or they do a gender flip version of the exact same plot. Mm. So that's what you're going with then. Yeah, so think about some like comedy movie sequels. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is like Dr. Doolittle 2, where he's like (laughs) in the bathroom with a farting bear. (laughs) Yes. And uh, isn't that just a rehash of the first movie again? Yeah, I guess. Or the sequel to Daddy Daycare, Daddy Day Camp, where it's just the exact same thing again. Ghostbusters 2, it's just the exact same movie again. If we just presume that this movie is going to be the same... Babe 2. Babe 2, Pig in the City. That wasn't the same movie. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, I thought you, that was... You good remember movie. that was directed by George Miller from Mad oh, Max was fame? It? Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. It was George Miller. Can you believe that? Anyway, we're not here to talk about George Miller and his successes. We're here to talk about Coming to America. We're talking about Eddie Murphy this week for the first time. For the first time. I can't wait Eddie for Murphy it. is on the show. So if you're not familiar... Well, he's not on the show. Oh, well, wait, he is. Here he is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's sitting with us. Good he's, to be back, guys. He's very quiet because, as you all know, Eddie Murphy 
he's a very shy person. Yeah, that's right. So he's with us right now. He's helping us out with I our I don't books. look like no McDonald's. That's my Eddie Murphy. Oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> Can we do a ban on Eddie Murphy impressions, okay. please? Well, because well, we're get through this the movie will be bad enough. Okay, we've got to get through the episode. All so. Right. Let's talk about the original Coming to America, just in case people out there haven't heard or haven't seen it, just like me. Which you've watched recently. Last week. Very recently. So the original movie came out in 1998 and was directed by John Landis, who was American Werewolf in London fame. And it was the first ever movie where Eddie Murphy played multiple characters. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't get old. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, yeah. This was a big deal for the time, right? Yeah. So because this movie was so successful... That's why Eddie Murphy started doing that whole like Nutty Professor shtick and Norbert shtick. And- Don't talk to me about Norbert. That was one of the worst movies yeah. I've ever seen. Well, believe it or not, the same person who did the makeup for Coming to America, Rick Baker, rest in peace, he died a couple of years ago. He actually did the special effects, like the different people effects, the makeup effects for all of those Eddie Murphy movies. So yeah. he started with Coming to America and then he did, you know, The Clumps. He did The Nutty Professor. He did Norbert, for better or for worse. He did all of those movies with Eddie Murphy. I mean, they all look fantastic. And this is the first Eddie Murphy movie where he's going to play multiple characters where Rick Baker isn't involved. So will the effects be as good? Do we know why? Because he's dead. Oh, okay. Well, that, that probably hurts that from happening. Yeah. But anyway, so can you explain briefly what the plot of the first movie is for anybody out there who may not have seen it? Yeah, we described it a little bit in the previous episode, but essentially it's about a royal African prince. Mm -hmm. He's being forced into an arranged marriage that he doesn't want to to partake in. So he ends up going to America to live life for the first time. To sow his royal oats. (laughs) Well, that's not his intention. And he ends up falling in love with somebody, but he wants her to believe that he's just a poor everyday person and not a royal figure because he wants her to love him for himself. So it's already a flawed premise because straight away he's just lying to his future wife to be. And that's never going to work out. So if she thinks he's just a poor employee of McDowell's <laughs> and then he just drops a bomb on her one day, oh, I'm actually a rich guy. How's she going to feel about that? Wait, well, apparently she feels great yeah, about it. Yeah, they never resolve that conflict because she leaves in a huff. They do this standard third act breakup in the original movie. She leaves in a huff. And then just cut to Africa and they're married. And I'm like, how did they resolve that? That They didn't cover that at all. She was such a strong-willed character as well. She's yes. like, I wanna, I've got my own life. I've got my own goals. And then she's yeah, like, exactly. I'm happy being a princess now. Yeah, she's like, the, the, basically the last line in the movie is her going, ah, fuck it. <laughs> I'll be rich. I explained that line to my Uber driver on the way here, actually. I was like, and then the movie ends with, nah. Yeah, nah. Which is such a, like a late 80s thing to do. <laughs> Why am I talking about coming to America with my Uber drivers? Yeah. They don't to listen to it. Well, you're going to talk with the audience about coming to America, so they're stuck with it whether they like it or not. So, I want to know your history with coming to America, the original movie. Look, it was just one of those movies that was always on free-to-wear TV. Really? Yes. And as a prepubescent... It was on the Coming to America channel. Gentleman. I watched it and enjoyed it and watched it many, many, many times. What does puberty have to do with anything? Well, I'm just saying how old I you was. Like at the, the naked time. ladies at the start of the movie? <laughs> well, not really. It kind of went over my head, all that stuff. All the sex jokes really went over yeah. my head, I'm realizing now. You know, he's getting his genitals washed. <laughs> Gets a hand job at a basketball game. But yeah, this was just one of those movies that was always playing like a lot of those kind of 90s movies that they'd always throw on the free to well, late TV. 80s. Well, late 80s. I thought it was 98, you said. 88. Oh, 88. Well, in any case, I must have seen this movie. The nightclub scene should have been a giveaway that it wasn't 1998. <laughs> this movie I've seen a dozen times. 
Oh, really? Mm. It's just one of those childhood classics for yeah. you that you, you put on when you want a romantic comedy to enjoy. Well, I've never actually bought the movie or put it on on my own accord. But when I'm it saying was... like if it's on, you'll just watch it as like comfort food, basically. Yeah, not a, not a rich history, I know, but no, this movie kind of was a part of my childhood and watching Did movies. you enjoy it? Well, obviously, if you watched it several times. Yeah, when I was that age, I was really into those kind of movies. I liked sort of the Ben Stiller comedies and, right. and those kind of things. It was really easy to digest formulate comedies. I really yeah. liked them, you know, the Adam Sandler ones even. And so, yeah. I thought you were going to say the Adams Family for a second there. <laughs> I did love those Adams Family movies growing up, as we've discussed before on the show. I remember enjoying it. It was fun. Yep. And as we discussed last week, I'd never seen the movie before until yesterday. Now, what did you think? What did I think? Of the movie, yeah. I don't like romantic comedies, so I really didn't like the movie overall. Right. But there was a lot of funny moments in it when they weren't sort of doing the standard formulate romantic comedy stuff, you know, like, oh, boy meets girl. There's the evil boyfriend who they've got to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about him. Like, the main character's a nice guy, so of course the, the main girl is automatically interested in him. They have the third act breakup, and then it's resolved at the end for a, a, a wedding. That's just the standard formula. But yeah, aside from that, when they had the other sort of like Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall comedy scenes, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed those bits. I rewatched it again for this show, and what I noticed is it's kind of just a skit show, pretty much. Yeah, basically. With a, with a romantic comedy subplot there. Yeah, which I, I wish, I think I would have enjoyed the movie if that romantic comedy subplot wasn't there. Really? Well, it isn't a subplot. It's basically the main plot of the movie. Because as a sappy adult now, I really liked the romantic comedy oh, subplot. But you like, might just Aww. like romantic comedies and I don't. So. Yeah, I'm a romance fan, Kieran. Well, there you go. He's I a fan romance. of romance all around. So do you think this new movie is going to follow that same formula? Yes. I suppose if we listen to our plots, it'll sort of be an indication. Yes. Of, uh, wait, so he's going to have a romantic comedy movie, like a, a, a romantic comedy storyline with his son? I don't think so. Well, not a romantic comedy storyline, but a father trying to reach out to his son that is completely perhaps, different plot, perhaps which is another formulaic plot that they like yes, to do yeah exactly there's only sort of jungle like, to jungle yes oh man i was thinking about that movie a lot when i was uh, writing the plot of my movie anyway so let's start talking about what we know about this new movie so far just in case you haven't heard anything about it i'm not surprised since there's not even a trailer out yet people no, might not even be aware that this movie is being made they pushed this movie back as yeah well. that's right so this movie was actually supposed to come out a month from now but they've ended up pushing it back the day yesterday when Maddie D both sat down to start working on our plots. They actually delayed the movie until March 2021. How annoying. How typical. How typical. That's, and you know what? That's happened so often there's gonna to be, us this year. I know there's going to be a trailer for this movie and it's going to be such a generous trailer and it's going to give all the information. So it's going to yeah, make us look right. dumb. So well, just so everybody knows, well, we did this without a trailer. There was so much stuff that we predicted in Zombieland 2 without a trailer. And then when the trailer came out, we watched it for the first time. There was so much stuff that we, we predicted. We worked together it. though. Yeah, that's that right. We're, we're separate this time. Yeah, this is just like the kitchen all over again. Ugh. And remember, the kitchen trailer came out the day that our episode came out. That was incredible. That was incredible. Anyway, this new movie. So coming to America, it's being directed by Craig Brewer. Are you familiar with Craig Brewer at all? Not really. He did. Dolomite is my name. Hey, that's great. Which was the last big Eddie Murphy movie. And I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, me too. I really liked that movie too. So I think that says Apparently a lot of we're things. the only two, but like... Well, I know a lot of people who really like that movie. Okay, well, that was a good movie. Just because your housemate doesn't like it doesn't mean everybody <laughs> hates it. But yeah, no. So I think that speaks volumes to this movie. There's a lot of chances that, that it could be an amazing movie like Dolomite is my name was. Uh, and since John Landis isn't involved, apparently John Landis only made that original movie for money. Really? Yeah, and he and Eddie Murphy fought the entire time. Wow. And I think Eddie Murphy ended up like choking him out. Well, yeah, like they got into a fight. Yeah, they got into a fight. He ended up like choking him out and then, you know, had to come in and apologize to Eddie Murphy. <laughs> He said he was, like, talentless and all this stuff. To Eddie Murphy? Yeah, to Eddie Murphy. And he had to apologise for that? Yeah, he had to apologise because Eddie Murphy choked him out. <laughs> and also threatened him. Threatened him with wow. violence. Crazy. 
Yeah, but they've since reconciled since uh, John Landis ended up directing Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah, I guess they would have to. Yeah, which was Lucas's cameo in that. We're getting off track again. So, we do have an official description of this movie from Paramount. Read it out. So, it goes as such. Set after the events of the first film. No, duh, it's been 33 <laughs> years. Former Prince Akeem Joffa, played by Eddie Murphy, is set to become King of Zamunda when he discovers that he has a son he never knew about in America, a street-savvy Queens native named Lavelle, who's played by Jermaine Fowler. Honouring his royal father's, played by James L. Jones, dying wish to groom this son as the crown prince, Akeem... To give him a haircut That's a right. beard cut. That's right. They've got to go to the barbershop. Oh, that, that'll be a scene in this Akeem movie. Akeem and Semi, played by Arsenio Hall, set off to America once again. And that is all we have to go on to yeah. make up our plots. And let me tell you, I didn't really struggle. I don't know about you, but uh, I found it really easy to come up with a plot for this movie. Okay. I thought all the ins and outs were pretty obvious. You, you don't agree? I struggled. You struggled? Yeah. You, you ummed and ahed and pulled it out of your nose? Yeah, I'm not confident with this one. No? No. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear what you have in your plot. And I think we're going to have- These are the ones I always enjoy doing the best because it's crazy somehow, like, with no information, how sometimes we'll just end up with the exact same plot. Yeah. Like, with the kitchen, like, with Zombieland. Well, Zombieland, we work together, but anyway. The problem is with this movie is that the last movie didn't really have- like, it had a loose a plot. plot, but just random stuff just kept happening. Yeah. Which I imagine is what's going to happen in this movie. Yeah, so. and it's kind of hard to predict random How stuff, isn't it? How do you predict it? that? Well, I did a few sort of, like, random stuff predictions throughout right. the movie as well. So Fair enough. I'm sure you did as well. Yes. If you didn't, you're going to have to force some in. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about who's in this movie and then get straight into our plots. So, some of these actors, they're just best known for doing the original movie. So, if I just sort of breeze over them, it's no disrespect to those actors and their careers at all. It's just they're best known for doing the original Coming to America. One of those people is not Eddie Murphy. <laughs> so playing Prince Akeem Joffa, as well as Randy Watson from Sexual Chocolate, as well as <laughs> the barbershop man, presumably, is Eddie Murphy, who everybody probably knows from what? The Nutty Professor, Beverly Hills Cop, Dr. Doolittle. Raw. Dolomite is my name. Up. Yeah, that's right. His singing career. He sung Party All the Time with Rick James. <laughs> Yeah, and this is the first time we've ever spoken about him on this podcast. Household name. I mean, we mentioned him in the Doctor Doolittle episode. Yes, we did. That's right. This, this is, is the first, first time, time we're covering. A I movie mean, this with is him the first it. time Eddie Murphy since you're sitting with us now that you're you've appeared on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Eddie Murphy back on the podcast. <laughs> I gotta say. Eddie Murphy's fine, but that Norbert movie is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And how you doing? I <laughs> I have like a PTSD reaction to anybody bringing. My it up. brother watched that movie before I did, and I didn't think that it was a real movie. He was describing it to me, and I thought he was lying. I thought he was making that it movie up. made me so angry. There's three movies that I. Oh, what are they? Walked out. Well, one is Sahara. The other one is Kangaroo oh, the Jack. Matthew McConaughey movie. Oh, Kangaroo Jack. And oh, the other man. one is Norbert. Now, those the first two, I nearly walked out of the cinema. What about MacGruber? I've never watched MacGruber. Okay, thank goodness. So that would probably be my four. Yeah. But Norbert, I sat and I watched that movie at university, and I just was so angry. Like, the entire run of the movie, I watched the whole thing. Don't know why. It was wow. a huge waste of time. I, even, talk, even talking about it, it's getting me, like, revved right. up. I'm like, I want to hit somebody whenever I hear the word Norbert. Don't hit anybody. Terrible. But otherwise... Otherwise, you know, I'm okay with Mr. Eddie Murphy. 
Yeah. He's, he's homophobia aside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I sort of never really liked Eddie Murphy movies until I think Dolomite Is My Name sort of like won me back over for him because I really liked him in that movie and it sort of showed a side of him that we don't really see that often in his movies. Daddy, no. Daddy Daycare, I mentioned it earlier, I forgot that he was the main character in that movie. Yeah, I was like, you just mentioning Eddie Murphy. Movies? I didn't mean to and I said Doolittle as well. There you go, that was just complete stab in the dark. Anyway. He kind of is the king of the sequels in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, he is. When's the Dolomite is my name sequel I coming? There's a lot there's of Dolomite sequels. There's a don't lot. Don't think of... there's going to be a sequel. To I Dolomite. hope so. Oh well, well, we'll see. Yeah, I don't think so either. Anyway, next up, returning as Semi and Reverend Brown, and presumably that other guy with the beard from the barbershop is Arsenio Hall, who of course is probably best known for coming to America as well as the Arsenio Hall Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't he fantastic? Yes, in the last movie. He was my favorite character. He was my favorite. Movie. Character oh, sorry, my too. second favorite character. He was my, my favorite, favorite character. character. Is not appearing in this movie. And can you guess who that is? I don't know. Who would that be? I would have thought... Lisa's sister. <laughs> really? Yes, I loved Lisa's sister. She Why? Kept, she kept giving people hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's why great. you loved her. She was introduced dancing. I loved her. Okay, fair enough. I watched the first movie recently, and I would have sworn that your favorite character would have been the Reverend. Really? Yeah. I was he's just like, Kieran's gonna love so this. Little. Kieran's gonna so love little. this character. And that's such a stereotypical character. I've seen that done so many times. It just completely washes over me. No, I loved the sister. She was my favorite, followed by Semi, who was my second favorite character. He stole the movie, in my opinion. He was just there. He's there in all of the. Well, I suppose just in the original movie and this movie, he's just there to provide like the cartoon character facial reaction to everything because <laughs> Eddie Murphy if you notice he does like he's just deadpan the entire time well, he, he pretty much is a character for the entire movie yeah but he doesn't do any like extreme facial reactions well but... he's like happy all the time yeah really positive so it's nice to have Sammy be he's like... very sort of like subtle mm-hmm. while Sammy's like super over the top remember the bit when he opens the door and the, the king of Zamunda's there and he just screams and shuts the door it's fantastic that was improvised by the way oh was it yeah yeah I bet a lot of things on that movie were improvised yeah they were so next up we've got a lot of cast members oh, to get through let's power through next up playing Lavelle, who is a keen son, is Jermaine Fowler, who I'm not familiar I'm with. I'm not familiar with either. At all. Well, a little funny thing about this actor as well is he's 33 years old, which is... Yeah. Because the movie took place in 1988. So that's like 33 years, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> How crazy is that? I think it's 32 years, to be honest. But yeah, by the time this movie comes out, it'll be 33 years. I guess that makes sense. I don't get your point. What's crazy about that? He's as old as the first movie. Well, it has to be. He has to be the same age. But as the, the actual only... actor is. That never happens. Oh, he is actually 33? Yeah. Oh, there you go. He's the same age as his character. Wow. I guess that is kind of impressive. Right. So next up, playing the character Mika Joffa, who is Akeem's first daughter. Interesting that they point out that she's his first daughter. Is Kiki Lane, who again, I'm not familiar with. Nope. I think she's a relative newcomer to the acting scene. And playing Lavelle's mother is someone who I don't think we've specifically talked about, but we definitely know, is Leslie Jones. Welcome to the podcast. Ghostbusters 2016 fame. Leslie Jones. Now, Leslie. SNL fame. I know you're a fan of this podcast. I just want you to know, don't take anything this Kieran fellow over here says personally. You'll be great I like Leslie Jones. Really? Yeah. I thought you didn't like her. No, no, no. I've known her for a very long time before she was ever on SNL. Right. She's been a comedian for a really long time since like, I think like the 90s. So she's been around for a while, but she has hasn't really sort of broken out until like Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Live. Live and Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> We yeah. talk about Ghostbusters so much on this yeah, show. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I'm happy to see her in this movie. I have a very strong theory of what she's going to be like <laughs> in the too, movie. I can't wait. Pretty I much, cannot wait. Pretty much Let's Leslie through, Jones. Let's get through this cast list right. so we can just uh, start talking about the movie. So, returning as Lisa McDowell, who is Hakeem's wife, is Shari Headley. Again, probably most famous for that original movie. Surprising that she comes back because usually in these movies, the they wife just disappears. Them. They recast them with like a hot New romantic interest. Yeah, I thought you were going to say like new romantic era <laughs> music. 
because that was popular when the original movie came out. Anyway, that was a terrible joke. Moving on. And returning as Cleo McDowell, who is Akeem's employer in that original movie, Lisa's father, is John Amos, who is from Good Times and Roots, that original Roots series from the 70s. Show stealer. Yeah, he had a big role. There was a scene in the original movie where he was looking at the employee manual for McDowell <laughs> sideways, like he was looking at a porn magazine. Now, wasn't then, he looking at a McDonald's portfolio because he was stealing their ideas? Oh, that's, that, that is was, what he was doing. That was the gag. Yeah, that's right. I was so confused. I'm like, why is he holding it sideways? And then someone walks in and he throws it across the room like he's been caught. Yeah. But it was a McDonald's like employee manual. Oh, yeah, that's funny. It's, it's funny in retrospect now. <laughs> I was confused. Anyway, so I'm glad to see him back in this movie. I don't know how much he'll be in it. We'll see. I worked him into my plot, I'm sure he's you... Definitely in my plot. I'm sure you worked him in too, but yes. So next up, playing a new character, the character of Reem, who is Lavelle's uncle. He's Tracy Morgan, who of I course- I love Tracy Morgan. We've talked about him before. Do you remember when we talked about him? He was the he was in Scoob, wasn't That's he? That's right. He was Captain Caveman in yeah, Scoob. Yeah, welcome back, Tracy Morgan, who's also with us with Eddie Murphy and Leslie Jones. Yep. We've got the whole cast here with us. They're all quiet, by the way, everybody. Yeah. That's right. Um, 30 Rock. Which is very surprising. Yeah. Yeah, he was a big character in 30 Rock as well. Was he also on Saturday Night Live? No. Uh, he's been on Saturday yeah, Night Live. Yeah, he has been on it. Anyway, moving on. Someone I'm very excited to I'm talk really about. I'm really excited to talk about him too. Because we've never talked about him on this show before. Playing the character of General Izzy is Wesley Snipes. Blade himself. Yeah. New Jack City himself. In Dolomite as well. Dolomite is my name. He played the... What was that actor? He was the director. Like, yeah, that's right. He was he was an actor, though, who usually worked alongside Fred Williamson in a lot of movies, a lot of black exploitation movies. But yeah, he played that character. Uh, he, he was great because he was a drunk director the entire movie, just sipping vodka orange juices the entire mm. time. Yeah, he's having a bit of a career resurgence. Yeah, because um, he was he was been a criminal for the last 15 years <laughs> yeah, or true, so. True, true. he was evading tax and running from the US law. We got to also mention Demolition Man. I think people would be mad if we didn't. That was going to be the next movie I mentioned. He was great in that movie. Yeah, he was. He had to slow down his kung fu moves so they could be seen on camera. Because he is a, actually a martial artist, if you didn't oh, know. Oh, really? Will he bring any of his martial arts skills I to this movie? I hope so. He is a general. That's right. But I suppose African generals probably aren't known for their martial arts. <laughs> But Wesley Snipes is. So another person I'm excited to talk about playing King Jaffe Joffa returning from the first movie is James yeah. Earl Jones, who most people will know. I can guarantee you, if you've heard of James Earl Jones, you'll most likely know him as the old man from The Sandlot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Who owns the dog? Yeah, that's right. Who owns the beast? Or, or the guy that killed Conan's uh, parents. That's right. The guy with the snake head in Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Yeah. Illustrious career, this guy. Now, of course, he is... Uh, Mufasa, Darth Vader, you name it. The voice of CNN. And I'm so glad to see him back in this movie. By the way, he was the voice of Mufasa in The Lion King. His wife, the woman who played his wife in Coming to America, played Simba's mother, Sarabi. I feel in, like I knew in that. In The Lion King yeah. as well. Yeah. They've been a married royal couple in two movies, That's basically, awesome. within the same 10-year span. Returning as the character Maurice is Louis Anderson. Do you know Louis Anderson at all? No. He used to have this terrible cartoon show that I used to watch, and I never understood why this child had like a, an adult voice. It's called Life with Louis. He's always like, my parents. <laughs> he also hosted uh, Family Feud over in the US. Who was he in the before. first movie? He, were, he worked at McDowell's. He oh. was the guy behind the counter at McDowell's. Oh, the guy that kept dropping the milkshake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's him. Okay. He's back in this movie. I hope you worked him into your plot. I, he is. Oh, He's there you there. go. There you go. And the last person I wanted to talk about returning as Imani from the first movie is Vanessa Bell Calloway. Mm. 
who, of course, is probably most famous for being in the original Coming to America, like most of these actors. But she was also in a movie that I watched recently called Death Spa, which is about a Death like spa? yeah a health spa which is run by a computer system which starts killing people. And she got- where do you watch these movies? How do you find these oh, movies? They're just around, right? But she, I remember in the movie, got killed by a knife that comes out of a locker. I don't know how a computer did that, but so, her head exploded, basically. Oh, when you say the spa, the spa isn't killing people, the whole building is. Yeah, that's right. So right. it isn't just the spa itself. It's not like a spa bath, it's like a health spa and all like the gym equipment. So big t- some big time directors were sitting around a spa and went, well, this is our movie, Yeah, Death exactly. Spa. Exactly. Well, there was a lot of movies like that in the late 80s. So she did Death Spa basically straight after she did Coming to America. No, actually, she did it the year before. So from Death Spa to Coming to America to 33 years later doing this movie. Yeah, a lot of returns. There we go. And that was the last person I want to talk about. Let's get straight into our plots. Go for it. I think you're going first. Oh, yeah, I'm going first, aren't I? Well, let's make this succinct and quick. We're going to open with Africa. We're going to get some Lion King-like music. Yeah. And we're going to meet... circle of... No. Akeem and his wife, Lisa McDowell. What country are they in? They're in... Come on. Zumunda. That's it. That's it. No. Zumunda. Yep, that's it. Zumunda they're in. They're actually Just think Jumanji, but put a Z in it. They're actually acting as the king and queen of Zumunda. Really? Mm. What happened to James L. Jones? What happened to James? We will see very soon. King Jaffe. So they are beloved by all of their kingdom, and we get to see all all of our favorite characters- Sort of the characters in Africa in this scene. They're walking around. They're saying hello to everybody. It's all like who? it's like, all great. Who you know, you know, like the the servant guy that tells him that he can't wipe his own backside. And <laughs> what's his name? And the pedals. Uh, his name's Oa. That's right. I well done. My, I did my well research, done. Kieran. We also are going to meet Mika, who is Akim's daughter, and she seems to fit royalty very well. She's very responsible and a great leader. There we go. Suddenly, Oa comes in and tells Akim the terrible news that his father is dying. So Akim comes to King Jaffa, who is on his literal deathbed. Jaffa tells Akim, what? It's Jaffy. Is it Jaffy? Yeah. So Jaffy tells- Jaffa. T- <laughs> so Akim comes to King Jaffa. Jaffy. So Akim comes to King Jaffy, who is on his literal deathbed. Yep. Jaffy tells Akim that his kingdom is in danger. The Izzy family still holds a great resentment towards Akim for rejecting their offer of their daughter to be married That's to him. That's right. So because he was supposed to marry the daughter of, I believe, like mm. the the ruler of that kingdom, he was supposed to broker like a peace agreement between them. <laughs> of course, Akim was just like, I want to get to know you personally. No, I'm not interested in marriage. See you later. So this was a conflict that was never resolved, which That's we're right. going to do in this movie. Perfect. So there's always been this deep resentment from the Izzy family, but it's only gotten worse because General Izzy has now become the leader of this group. Right. And he's a lot more aggressive and assertive. And, and who's he's, he? He's played by Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Well, and what's his relation to the family? He is the older brother of Amani. Right. Who was the woman that... Who was the woman that... Uh, Akeem was, was set to set marry. To marry. Yeah. So he's pushing that this 30-year-old promise gets honoured. That's not all. Jaffe tells Akim that he actually has a son. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. Akim is like, that's impossible. I, I've not fathered any children. I mean, I've I fathered- sorry. I've fathered, I'd fathered all these daughters, but that's impossible. How do you know that? And everyone looks at Semi. Semi's in this room as well. And we're going to get a flashback of a de-aged Semi and Akim at a nightclub in Queens. Interesting, interesting. Where Akeem is totally mad. Back in 1988. Back in 1988. So we're going to see Akeem. He's totally Maddie Deed on vodka cranberries. <laughs> Interesting. Akeem is drunkenly saying how much he loves America. And Sammy leaves him. <laughs> I love America. Sammy leaves him for a second to go get some more drinks. 
He turns around and sees that Akeem is getting busy with a woman. Whoa, like full on in the booth. Full on in the booth. Full penetration. No, well, you know, they're just making out and stuff. Okay. So we flash back to present day. Akeem is angry. He's like, why didn't you tell me this, Sammy? Why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you stop me? And Sammy's like, hey, I want you wanted to find a wife. And I thought this was going to get me back to Zamunduk faster. <laughs> so Jaffe tells Akeem that he has to find his son and get him reacquainted with the family. So how long did King Jaffe know about this other son? Pretty much as soon as Semi so came was back. Semi like was he aware like that there was full intercourse going on and that she well, was pregnant? He knew that Akim took her home, right? And then so I he guess just presumed that he gave she gave birth to a son. Told Jaffe and Jaffe kind of found out. Right. Okay. He did a little bit of research. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But he's been holding on to this for his right for okay. most of his life, he's keeping it a secret because he doesn't want to ruin the the That's marriage. Right. He doesn't want to ruin the marriage. With so Lisa. speaking of Akim has to tell Lisa this. Now she's a little shocked at first, but she's understanding. She's like, "Look, this happened before you knew." Yeah. me but you owe it to yourself to go find your son get reacquainted with him he is yeah. your son after all just while we're having this nice moment it gets ruined because general izzy enters the room with his group of people and right. he they says, all come in dancing yeah he says word has come to me that you have a son how dare you <laughs> already well i have a king daughter. jeffrey told me years ago <laughs> well no he has advisors in the kingdom and they've told him so right. he's come in and he's like you know i found out that you have a son Now, I think it's only fair that your son marries my daughter. It was a promise that you made to us years ago, and then we can resolve this conflict. The wrongs that you made can be rectified. So if he just had a son, if General Izzy had a son, they could have just set it up so his son just married a king's daughter. Yeah, Yeah, Mika. Well, that's not how it worked. They have a son. Sorry, they're going to marry the daughter to a king's son. Right. Becoming the new royal family. Right, there you go. Becoming the new royal, the king and queen, the heirs of the throne. So Akim and Semi have to go back to Queen's. Back to America, as it were. And they've noticed that a lot has changed since they were last there. Interesting. Queens is a lot nicer and a lot hipper, and they're kind of taken aback by that. And I base that on the fact that the Spider-Man game, Queens looks pretty good. So, you you know, I've never been to Queens myself. He's an expert from Spider-Man. And where would they go, Kieran? Where would the first place they go to be? The barbershop. The barbershop, of course. So we're going to go back to the barbershop, and there's going to be a comedic interaction with these characters who are old in the first movie, so they must be like ancient now but there's a jewish guy there played by eddie murphy <laughs> i don't know if they'll be able to do that all again. the old characters and they point They're just skeletons just animated skeletons moving around and they point them in the direction of where akim's son lavelle is because akim knows lavelle's name because jaffa told him right okay so they go meet Lavelle at his job, which is at an art gallery. He actually runs an art gallery. Oh, there you go. Which specializes in African art. Now, is he drawing pictures of the candy man? The temptation of this was to make him like really... Because the, the description seems to say he's like streetwise, but I think... Right. I don't want to make him like a... A stereotype. Know, yeah, exactly. So he's he's doing well for himself. So Akeem meets up with him, tells him, I'm your father. I'm your daddy. <laughs> does Listen James, to me, son. Does James L. Jones, oh. like, I am your father. But this moment is ruined by his mother, who doesn't have a character name in this in the bio, but it's yeah. played by Leslie Jones, and Uncle Reem, and they give Akeem the business for not being here for so many years. Yeah. Lavelle tells his father, Akeem, that he doesn't want to be prince, he doesn't want to be part of the royal family, mm-hmm. but his mother and Reem do want that for him. Yeah, of course. Obviously, they want the money. They want that cash money. So Lavelle is kind of like, I don't want anything to do with you. No offense, you haven't been here for me my whole life. Yeah. Go away. I'm busy painting pictures of Candyman. <laughs> 
Well, that's the thing. He's interested in his culture in some respect. That's why he's driven to... Does he do like African-style paintings? Really? There we go. He sets up like exhibition for African art. So Akim and Semi offer to work for Lavelle, and this will create many moments of bonding and comedy. Mm. So what do they just carry around paintings, carry around champagne at like the uh, the gala nights? Yeah, exactly. Now, Akim and Semi need a place to stay because they can't stay at Lavelle's house. So where would they go? They visit Akim's father-in-law, Cleo, who is a very wealthy man because his daughter is the yeah, prince. She's royalty. The princess. Now, Cleo McDowell, he used to own McDowell's. Yep. He doesn't need that business anymore. He's, he's Aww, over, he's over hamburgling. He's opened up a new franchise. He's over hamburgling. <laughs> hamburgling. That's yeah. technically what it is because he's stealing from <laughs> McDonald's. He's opened a, a new chain, a chain franchise called Starmucks. <laughs> Sells okay. coffee. Because we're recycling all the old jokes yeah, okay. from the first movie. Yeah, of course. You got to. So the middle of this movie will be meeting all your old favorite characters, sexual chocolate, the reverend. I'm going to call that Eddie Murphy will play a female at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. As Akeem gets to know his son and tries to bond with his son. Now, General Izzy will become impatient. He'll be like, what's going on here? And he decides to go to Queens himself to push the process along. And there's decides be... to come to America himself. Exactly, exactly. And there's going to be a whole fish out of water stuff for him since he's never been to America. Right. Izzy's daughter will separate from her father. She'll like escape from her royal and What's guards. her name? She didn't have a character Imani name. Imani Juno? She doesn't even have a character listed in no, the No, no. Uh, this is a character movie. I've completely made up. Yeah, that's so right. I'm, I'll call her Imani Junior. character Jr. that's not going to be in the movie. Imani Junior. So she separates and she goes yep. to see the city and she'll actually- which is his sister's name, which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, maybe. Who knows? Um, so she'll visit the city because she wants to be, be adventurous and she'll actually bump into Lavelle. Now- There we go. Lavelle is not using Akeem's last name. And Amani Jr. is using a fake name, so they don't realize who each other are. Uh. And they fall in love. Oh. Ah. Now, there'll be a lot of hilarity and misunderstandings that'll ensue. Eventually, General Izzy will order his daughter back to Zimunda, and this will be where the final confrontation takes place. Oh, is there a war? No. It's like a battle. It's like the end no. of Black Panther. So, General Izzy will tell his daughter that he must marry Akim's son. Akim, not wanting to pressure them into doing anything they don't want to do, will tell him, no, you don't have to marry them. Don't have to marry each other. I'm not going to force you. Force you. And this Through is the when peace agreement between th- our two tribes. This is when Amani will finally stand up. She's been silent this whole time. She's not been a presence in the movie. She'll finally stand up and tell Akim that this whole time she spent her whole life trying to be what was suitable for a king. She'll tell him that her favorite song was Never Gonna Give You Up. Her favorite Rick music. Astley. Yep. Her favorite music is R&B and her favorite food is waffles. And she will tell Akim and also General Izzy that her daughter can do what she wants and she gets to choose. I thought she deserved this moment. Okay, you know? fair enough. Because now she's her I own felt, woman. I felt sorry for her in the first yeah, movie. Yeah, last time we it. saw her, she was, she was hopping. She was bouncing on one leg and barking like a dog. So the couple being Lavelle and Amani Jr. will say they're in love, but they don't want to be king and queen. They don't right. want to live in Africa. They want to live in Queens. They're like Harry and Meghan. So they do. And the heir of the throne becomes Mika. We get a female leader. There we go. And how does James L. Jones feel about that? He's dead. (laughs) (laughs) So too bad, King Jaffe. But his wife is happy. Right. Yeah, of course she is. She was in an arranged marriage. Everyone's happy because this is a Maddie D plot. Everyone's going to be happy at the end of this. Perfect. Izzy is happy that the promise was honoured and their family is now part of the royal family. Even though they're not king and queen, they're still connected. Akeem is happy because he has a relationship with his son and his son is happy. And Mika is very happy because she gets to rule and she's the right person for the job as well. Wow, there you go. And we're going to end with a dick and fart joke. The end. <laughs> okay, really? Elaborate, please. <laughs> I don't know what they'll do. Will Oda come out and just put his pants down? <laughs> 
singing that like, she's your queen, <laughs> while farting. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a fart. She's your queen. It's got to be. The sister will arrive. It's Lisa's a coming to America. To it's a coming to America movie. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that happens now. And I that's really my plot. Do. That's my well point. done. Well done. I think that's got a pretty good chance of being pretty accurate to the to the real movie. I wrote this on the bus, Kieran. I got a well, bus here. <laughs> excellent job. Last minute plot. Pretty good effort. All right, let's hear what I you have to say. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. I'm super excited. We have so many similarities in our plot. <laughs> We're just going from nothing. We have so many similar points. Hell! That I, I cannot believe it. We almost have the same plot, but with some uh, with, with a few slight major differences. So okay. let's get into it. So We're just I the think same person these days. Essentially. I think the movie, very similar to you, will open with the beautiful African nation of Zamunda with a long sweeping drone slash helicopter shot over the lush landscape, quite like at the start of the first movie. Now, just on that first movie for a second, I wasn't sure if that was a really, really elaborate miniature that they were panning over at the start of the movie. It was a painting. Re- yeah, I get that the palace was a painting, but when they're going over like the hills and the rivers and stuff, I thought it looked like a miniature because it didn't quite look like a real landscape. But if it was a miniature, it's probably the most impressive miniature I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I couldn't believe it because, you know, it was a really smooth, really good looking shot. But yeah, if you haven't seen that opening scene, check it out because it is pretty impressive. It might just be real trees, but I doubt it. I doubt it doesn't look real to me. <laughs> Anyway, back I, to him. I don't think this is a real kingdom. It is not. Zamunda <laughs> is not a real kingdom. There was a lot of controversy about this as well. Really? I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, people found it a little offensive. Yeah, well, they're going to be offended by anything. So I'm sure people will be offended by this move. Basically, In 1988, though, they were offended. Anyway. Mm, they continue. look like they're having fun to me. Anyway, I don't know too much about the history of that, that original movie. But so we see a fancy CG version of the Jaffa Palace, which doesn't quite look as good as the matte painting from the original movie. <laughs> And we're introduced, well, reintroduced to Prince Akeem and his wife, Lisa. We see that Akeem has a very similar morning routine to the one that he had at the start of the first movie, but with some minor changes. He's going to be there with his wife. He's going to be doing more things for himself, I think. Mm-hmm. Just things that he's declared. No rose petals. Well, I think the rose petals sort of need to be there. Only three wipers instead of 17. Yeah, exactly. But on that note, he still, of course, enjoys having his genitals cleaned by naked women during his bathing ritual, much to Lisa's chagrin. She's just <laughs> off to the side, like, shaking her head disapprovingly while it's like a naked woman no, underwater. The genital washes, like, right down the end of the pool, like in the first movie. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so Lisa and Akeem now have several adult daughters. I reckon about five. They have, like, a ridiculously large amount of children. I agree. Their oldest daughter, Mika, is outspoken but respectful and clearly loves her father very much. Very so, similar so far. Yeah, so quite like you, she really enjoys the royal lifestyle. She's not really keen to run off and do her own thing. But she's thing. not like a bad royal. She's like yeah. a responsible... Yeah, she's been brought up by a king, so leader. she she knows she's not sort of just like brainwashed by the King Jaffe like he was. So she is very much her own person, quite like in your plot. The other daughters, the other four daughters, presumably, will have little to no screen time and very few <laughs> lines of dialogue. They'll just be there to nod and, and just be a presence. Yeah. Now, near the start of the movie as well, I think we'll be reintroduced to Oha, quite like in your plot, who will redo his singing joke. He'll do a new song. Maybe he'll do like a modern song. I don't think so. I think he'll do like a birthday song or something like that. It's like Akeem's birthday at the start of the movie. And it's like, it's your birthday. My humps. My humps. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Maybe Lisa forces him to sing pop songs just so she feels like she's back in America. (laughs) Never gonna give you up. So Akeem's father, King Jaffe Joffa, is on his deathbed, his literal deathbed, quite like you said, (laughs) with his wife, Queen. And he's got, and he's short of breath as well, so he's like, (sighs) with his wife, Queen Oleon, at his side, who, by the way, as I mentioned before, were both in The Lion King. 
King Jaffe knows that his son will make a good king, but ultimately wants the male lineage to continue. He has no sons that he knows about. King Jaffe tells Akeem that he always wanted a grandson and makes him promise that one day Akeem will have a son that will be king. Now, I don't think a comedy movie is going to open with the death of James Earl Jones, so I don't think the king will die at the start of the movie. Well, he can't be in this movie for too long because... Well, he's just going to be in Africa. Right, okay. Like in the first movie, he was just sort of out of the picture until towards the end of the movie. So he is dying, though. He's on his deathbed, but yeah, he hasn't got much time left. Okay. Akeem laments to his wife that he wants to honour his father's wishes, but the couple are now getting too old to have any more children. They're pushing 60 at this stage. You know, biological clock is ticking. Lisa also doesn't understand why the lineage must be male, but Akeem insists that this is tradition. Soon, General Issy, who is the leader of a neighbouring kingdom, approaches Akeem and tells him that he's been contacted by a woman from back in the United States. He has, as a General Issy has. That's right. The woman insists that she and Akeem had a one-night stand while he was visiting New York in 1988, and he is the father of her son. Akeem is puzzled by this, since (laughs) he didn't have sex with anyone while in New York, outside of a sneaky handjob at a basketball game. As am I confused as well, trying to make this plot, because he he had no relationships other than Lisa. Just you wait, Matty D, just you wait. All right. Lisa is furious at the idea that Akeem may have slept with other women while courting her, but Akeem assures her that this must be a misunderstanding. Yeah, I'm glad you're making Akeem not a cheater as well, because that yeah. would have ruined it for me. I was, I like this love story. Yeah. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, exactly. Akeem wants to find out what's going on with this wild claim about his son and decides to return to America with his best friend and aide, Sammy. Who I bet is very excited to go back to America. Yes, and be in Hollywood movies again. <laughs> Akeem and Sammy land in New York City and are relieved to be back to a place where they are abused and treated like dirt. (laughs) Although the nation of Zamunda has stayed relatively the same, they find that New York has changed a lot in the last 33 years. Oh, really? The taxis have been replaced by Ubers. The city's way more commercial and tourist-driven. Queens is a lot nicer, believe it or not. (laughs) I can't believe we both had that. Oh, wow. So it's not this dirty, scummy place that they were used to 33 years ago. And I think we'll have several scenes. Well, this is a given, isn't it? I think we'll have several scenes of fish out of water comedy. Of course. Where Akeem and Semi don't understand modern technology and trends. And I think there'll be a scene where they like struggle to work out what a smartphone is and does. Oh, definitely. Semi is also keen to sleep with more women in America since he's become bored with his wife back in Zamunda. Is he, was he married at the end of the movie? I don't think he was. There was like a woman in waiting who he smiled at, so I'm just uh, going to presume that they got married. So he wants to be, uh, he wants to sow his royal oats. That's exactly well, right. His, his non-royal his oats. His aid oats. His aid oats. He wants to spread his aid around. <laughs> Akeem and Semi return to McDowell's, where they are greeted like celebrities by the staff. I would have thought that maybe he would have stayed in Zamunda, but it makes sense for him to be in Queens. Yeah, they've got to do more McDowell's games. Oh, of course. And we learn that Maurice still works there. That's uh, that's uh, Louis Anderson's character. And he's recently been promoted to store manager. Ah, oh, he did it. <laughs> Only took 33 years. Yeah, that's right. He said it should take about three years. He should have added an extra 30 on top of that. Now, Akeem's employee of the month photo will still be hanging on the wall. That's a big <laughs> prediction of mine. And we're reintroduced to Lisa's father, Cleo McDowell, who uses his riches and influence from marrying into royalty to win all his lawsuits against McDonald's. <laughs> And now owns several McDowell's restaurants around the globe. So he's a franchise. That's exactly right. He went around to everyone going, franchising. Akeem assures Cleo... (laughs) (laughs) Nice nice founder joke there. Thank you. Akeem assures Cleo that he's stayed true to Lisa and explains that he's come back to America to clear this whole son business up for good. To clear his name. That's right. Akeem returns to the Queen's neighbourhood he lived in in the first movie 
And we get to meet some of our old side characters, including the barbershop men who haven't aged a day. That was exactly <laughs> the same. They have like a special cream. Yeah, Hairdressing maybe. keeps them young. Just complaining about boxes keep them young. Akeem is told that he can meet the supposed mother of his son at the church charity event, where we get to see the band Sexual Chocolate, who are now a lot older, but still act like it's 1988. So yep. we, get to see, we get to see Randy Watson doing his thing, and they're still playing really outdated music. It'll probably be more over the top, these side characters. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. they were so famous from the original movie. Yeah, and he's probably going to do even more side characters. Yeah. Obviously, as well, we'll also see Reverend Brown, who is still a money-hungry pervert. <laughs> He'll be checking out a woman in some way, or several women in some way. <laughs> we are finally introduced to Leslie Jones' character, who's a sassy loudmouth. Of course. And she is joined by her equally as outspoken brother, Uncle Reem. Uncle Reem is extremely defensive of his sister and doesn't want to see her wronged in any way. Yeah, fair enough. So they both feel like they've been wronged by Akeem. And they're really angry at him. But he's like, I'm here to make things right. I'm sure this is all just a big misunderstanding. I'm going to work out what's happened. As Leslie, I've just called her Leslie throughout the entire... Well, she doesn't well, have a name, no, she so... Doesn't. As Leslie explains to Akeem how they met, we have a flashback to 1988. Oh, my God. Where we see the nightclub from the first movie. Oh, my movie. God. Here we go. We see a de-aged Eddie Murphy in <laughs> Arsenio Hall... <laughs> Trying to pick up chicks, and one of them is a younger Leslie. Young Akeem and Semi have had too much to drink, <laughs> and Leslie takes Akeem home. Oh my god, wow. I can't believe we wow. both have this exact same thing. Wow. Back in present day. Well, it only makes sense. How, how Otherwise, he'd remember. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting to that right now. Back in present day, Akeem says that he remembers drinking a lot, but can't remember anything else. This leads him to believe that he may have actually slept with Leslie, but forgot it in a drunken blackout. Okay, so it's not confirmed, but yeah, exactly. he thinks that might exactly. be the case. Leslie introduces Akeem to his son, Lavelle who does look remarkably like Akeem himself. They have the same moustache, presumably. Because <laughs> the actor doesn't really look <laughs> no, like Eddie No, he Murphy. doesn't at all. Lavelle is a streetwise, smart-talking hustler who fell into a bad crowd when he was a kid. And I guess Akeem sort of feels sorry that that's happened. And there's going to be a clash of culture. styles and Yeah, culture. exactly. I don't think I mentioned that in my plot. I think that's going to be the case. It's so, like a generation difference. Unlike you, who made Lavelle like an artist, a guy who was really into He's culture. He's still going to be very grounded and very like hip. That's going to be the... I sort of went in the more stereotypical direction. Right, okay. I think you're going in the right direction, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lavelle has grown to resent his father since his mother had told him that Akeem had abandoned him and didn't love him. Ooh. I also think this is a big claim here. All right. I think Lavelle will have a trinket from Zamunda, which is further proof to Akeem. So he's got like a little necklace, which is from Zamunda, or maybe like a little carving or tiny little mask. Something that he carries around for luck. And and Akeem's like, hey, that's from Zamunda. Yeah. You must be my son. Yeah. I don't remember bringing that with me last time I was here, but I might have had a lot of shit. <laughs> he had a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff got stolen. Maybe maybe he has a golden toothbrush. Yeah, maybe. Mm, who knows? Akeem wants to make it up to Lavelle and tries to reconnect with him. I think most of the movie will be this, of course, just like in your like, plot. Hey, son, let's play catch. Let's uh let's What do you do for out? fun? This leads to more fish-out-of-water comedy as the two spend time together in New York. Akeem pleads with Lavelle to return to Zamunda as a prince, but Lavelle doesn't want to leave his life in New York. He's too busy being in gangs. That's right, and Akeem learns about hip-hop from his son, and we have a cameo from Rick Ross, who is playing himself. Now, he is in the movie, so I couldn't fit him in. They might go to, like, a hip-hop club, Mm. and Akeem is like, What is this music? God. It's hip-hop, Dad. You should try it. You didn't know about hip-hop when no. you came to America in yeah. 1988? No, we didn't oh? explore that at all in the movie. <laughs> at one stage, I think this is just another random sort of throwing it out there prediction. Semi will hook up with a woman who is played by Eddie Murphy. 
Which is something you also said. Did I say that? You said that Eddie Murphy would play a woman in the oh, movie. I did I'm say also that. predicting that, but I reckon it's going to be a woman that Sammy, Sammy is trying to pick up. I, I think that would be very funny. Or possibly himself. And great. will it be cast as horribly ugly woman yeah, in nightclub? I, so. I hope so. What a terrible thing to cast, to cast him as. Back in Zamunda, Akeem's daughter Mika learns that General Izzy is the older brother of Imani, so we won't know this straight away. Oh, okay. And of course, Imani was the woman who Akeem was set to marry at the start of the first movie. Ooh, We're across this by now. Set up. Since the Izzy family couldn't marry into royalty, as was promised to them 33 years ago, and since Imani was brought up to worship Akeem, and obviously her life was ruined when she was turned down because... It would have been ruined. Yeah, exactly. General Izzy plotted an elaborate revenge against the Jaffa family. Soon after Akeem's wedding, General Izzy travelled to America, disguised as Akeem, and slept with Leslie. <laughs> that is a very, a very elaborate plan. Since Leslie was drunk, she didn't remember that the man she slept with didn't really look exactly like Akeem. <laughs> And, well, he just said, I'm Akeem, I'm, I'm the prince from uh, Zamunda. And he left a trinket. Exactly. So he has this 33-year plan. Exactly. And since it's all related... And there was no other way to get back at Akeem other than to... He's a smart travel man. Travel to America, He's sleep with man. somebody, wait and sit on it for 33 years, yeah. then come back and say, hey, guess It'll what? It'll all come together, Matty. Guess trust what? Me. Guess what? You have a kid now. It'll make sense in a second. He should be about uh, 33 now. Yeah. It'll make sense in a second. Just wait. So, Leslie, of course, because she doesn't remember because she blacked out, she believes that Akeem is Lavelle's father. And then, when Akeem was due to become king, General Izzy would reveal the mystery child to the Jaffa family, potentially ruining Akeem's marriage. General Izzy also plans to kill Akeem while he's in America, or have him killed while he's in America, Uh and Lavelle would have to take his place as the ruler. Then, of course, the Izzy family would become a part of the royal family, and will eventually take over the Zamunda royal lineage. I was like, I was like, so because Akeem is dead, Lavelle would be king because That's everyone right. thinks that it's Akeem's son, and then they're going to prove that it's actually yeah. Izzy's son. That's right. But that wouldn't that make him not the king because he's. I didn't think that far into it, but so they'd be like, oh well, he's he's king now. It's so a comedy movie. He's going to be king, so I guess then the Izzy family is now the royal family. Oh well. Now this goodbye. is a little bit random, but I also think that Uncle Reem is also in on this plan and spent several years gaslighting Leslie into believing General Izzy's lies. For money? For money, yeah. What terrible people are in your plot here, Kieran? Yeah, exactly. Well, Leslie and Lavelle are sort of like free from any sort of wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, by the way, this is Mika back in Zamunda overhearing all this. So she's, I think... She's got a glass to the wall and yeah. she's like, hang on a Izzy second. telling all this to Imani, who's just finding out about it for the first time, and then Mika's overhearing it. And she's still hopping as well because Akeem never told her to yeah, stop. Yeah, exactly. And she's still barking years, like a dog. 33 years She's in a mental asylum. <laughs> Wanting to rescue her father, Mika travels over to New York, where she gets to enjoy some fish-out-of-water comedy of her own. I know you love that style, Kieran. Yes. Mika will eventually track down her father, who at first doesn't believe her wild claims. He's like, what are you talking about? He's got all the proof in the world that he's my son. I don't believe you, daughter. But Mika will eventually point out that the trinket from Zamunda that Lavelle actually has came from General Izzy, as you predicted earlier. Yeah, he always wears those trinkets. Yeah, exactly. It oh, even has his name on the back of it. It's a trinket from Imani. Ah, That's something that Imani was wearing in the first movie. Ah, there you go. So this is just a random, to the side, hand-wavy prediction, but I think Mika and Lavelle will have a relationship that comes out of nowhere, ah. which is kind of weird because they're almost brother and sister at a point. And well, since- not really, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not so, biologically. Almost like in your plot where you had like an imaginary Izzy child going over and having a relationship with Lavelle. I've got Mika, of course, who is Akeem's daughter, having a relationship with Lavelle. So we're pretty much on the same track there. Tying it, tying it together. Since Akeem feels that his country still wronged Lavelle and his family, he agrees to let Lavelle and Mika stay together and return to Zamunda. 
And in a weird way, if you really break it down, everyone kind of really got what they wanted. Yeah. Even General Izzy. So everyone yeah. is kind of cool with this relationship. He's like, well, I'm still marrying into the royal family. I mean, it is his son. We're going to have our peace accord after that's, all this time. That's going to be married to the princess. He will be king. James L. Jones's wishes were honoured because yep. he wanted to see like a son in the throne. And here we go. Akeem tells his father that he's found the rightful heir to their lineage and reveals it to be... Mika, just like in your plot. Very nice, very nice, very nice. King Jaffe is at first surprised. He has a heart attack and dies because he's sexist. (laughs) But then realises that it's the right decision and some traditions are made to be broken. Since the movie shouldn't end with a funeral, lucky King Jaffe gets to survive the whole movie. (laughs) Really? He doesn't die? No. He's just on his deathbed for the entire time. If there's a funeral, I hope it's going to be one of those African ones where they dance around with a coffin. (laughs) Can you imagine that? Oh, dear. It's like, my father is dead. (laughs) 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 That'd be so great. And uh, finally... Tasteful is what it would be. Finally, the movie ends with a big celebration as King Jaffe steps down and Akeem becomes king. Ah. He's like, I'm too sickly to to be king anymore, so you're going to be king. King Akeem. And that is my plot. And I cannot believe... I cannot believe how similar we were with no information. I am also very surprised. So this has to be the movie, right? Yeah, it's got to be. I think between the two of us, we've nailed this movie. At least I really hope between the two of us, we've nailed this movie. I mean, there's going to be a trailer that's going to come out and it's going to like throw all this under the water. I'm really hoping that there'll be a character revealed, a certain Izzy character revealed, then I'm in. Oh, okay. Pretty much, our plots are more or less identical. Yeah, exactly. Well, of course, we just followed the formula from the first movie and then just added a few like, obvious details in so we've got to be on the right track we've got to be on the right track but if you disagree yeah uh if you're a big coming to america fan and you disagree with what we what we've said if if you have a completely different idea in your head of what's going to happen in this upcoming coming to america sequel let us know to america please let us know you can send us a plot idea to potential spoilers pod at gmail.com that's our email otherwise you can leave us a comment on this episode's page on the podbean site you can track us down on twitter at potential spoils or Instagram, where I think it's at Potential, Potential Spoilers, Spoilers Pod. Pod. Or you can even find us on Facebook, if you're one of those people. If you're one of those One guys. of those Facebook people. Come join our kingdom. <laughs> yeah, please do. It's lonely. Yeah, it's lonely at the top. Anyway. Also, let us know if you're excited about a Coming to America sequel. If yeah. If you're a fan of the original. Were you even aware of it? What do you want to see in it? Who? Do, yeah. What side characters do you want to see come back? What is a joke that you 100% are sure is going to appear in the movie? What recycled jokes from the original movie are they going to use in this new movie? There are going to be so many recycled jokes. But that, of course, leads us to talking about what we're going to be discussing next week. It does. Recycled jokes takes us to here. So what are we we covering? Because I don't even know. Well, we're doing another installment of actual spoilers where we go back and revisit one of our predictions in the past. Uh Uh-huh. And we're finally there. This is a big one. I know Maddie D's going to be very excited. We're going to be watching Gemini Man. Starring Will Smith. And seeing which one of us got closer to the actual plot of that movie. Now, I haven't seen this movie. You have. I've seen this movie. Oh, boy, have I seen this movie. You did not like it. Um, No, one of the worst movies of 2019. No spoilers. So, so everybody listening, if you haven't seen Gemini Man, you're in the same boat as me. I'm going to be watching it. You should watch it as well and listen to our previous plot on Gemini Man. because It'll be fun. We're going to come back and talk about this mess of a movie. Will Smith fighting Will Smith. That's exactly right. I'm super excited now. I'm super excited to and rewatch the movie. I think I'm going to have to have a few drinks for it as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm going to be there with you. <laughs> Trust me. I'm going to be there with you because I want to see all I your reactions. A, I need a support person. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to laugh at how far we were on some things and how ridiculously close we were with other things. But I guess we'll cover that next yeah, week. Yeah, so please, everybody, please, I know you don't want to, but please join us next week when we're going to be discussing Gemini Man a second uh-huh. time. And everybody have a fantastic Zamundan week. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and Kieran, there's something wrong with my coffee. What, what, what is it? Well, you know, there's something wrong with it. I, I don't get what you made. Have you noticed there's no spoon? Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah! Uh. <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? Uh, uh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just about? using a joke from the movie. I don't remember that joke the, at all. The Jewish guy, how he says, the, says the, there's something wrong with my soup. Is your soup too hot? No, my soup's not hot. There's nothing wrong with the soup. There's something wrong with it. Anyway, enjoy your week. <laughs> See you then. Goodbye, everybody. Will Oda come out and just put his pants down? <laughs> Singing that like she's your queen <laughs> while farting. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a fart. She's your queen. It's gotta be. She's your queen to be a queen to be forever. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! Stop right there! Listen. Stop right there a minute. Man goes into a restaurant. You listening? A man goes into a restaurant. He sits down, he's having a bowl of soup. He says to the waiter, waiter, come taste the soup. Waiter says, is there something wrong with the soup? He says, taste the soup. He says, is there something wrong with the soup? Is the soup too hot? He says, will you taste the soup? It's wrong, is the soup too cold? Will you just taste the soup? All right, I'll taste the soup. Where's the spoon? Aha. (laughs) Aha. What do you know from funny, you bastard?